Accrediting Excellence, the international authority for professional coaching and mentoring, proudly presents both sides of the coin. Are you a perfectionist? What about some of the clients you work with? How much of their stress, anxiety, judgment by the inner critic or overwhelm comes from perfectionism? Today, as coaches and mentors, we'll get some top tips on how to coach people who are perfectionists. Welcome to Both Sides of the Coin, a podcast produced by the IAPC and M. We're a leading accreditation body and our aim is to increase public confidence and to raise industry standards by enforcing a rigorous accreditation process that ensures the quality of professional coaches and mentors. The podcast is aptly named Both Sides of the Coin because we talk to both a coach or mentor and one of their clients to explore both sides of the coaching mentoring intervention, what works and what doesn't. As a proverb says, iron sharpens iron. Before we get started, let me introduce myself. I'm Jenny Butter, your host and an accredited master coach, and I've been coaching for 10 years, mainly in the area of career transition and life coaching. Joining me today are Eileen Webb and her client, Elizabeth. Eileen is a perfectionism specialist and combines cognitive behavioral therapy, EMDR therapy, NLP and coaching to enable her clients to discover their inner strength, regain their self-confidence, overcome self-doubt and learn to trust themselves again. Eileen's client Elizabeth is a teacher and over the last nine months has felt anxiety on a variety of scales. Eileen, tell me about yourself. So I was born and raised in Istanbul. Uh, then I moved to Denmark. So I have um, knowledge of different cultures, which also helps me. Um, and I moved to London from there uh, about 22 years ago. So I was a TV producer for um, channels such as Biosat, Fox Kids, Disney Channel, uh, Universal Channel, Virgin, and so on. And there was a point where I thought, okay, this is, I love this. However, how long, how sustainable is that going to be as the years go? Uh, the new blood is coming, uh, youngsters are coming in. And so I had to make my future, I had to do my future self a favor. Uh, and there was something, psychology was something I always wanted to study and with full-time work and raising uh, a daughter, it, there was always time um, restrictions. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was, you know, it, it was hard work and it was many, many years, uh, but I am actually really glad I look back now. Uh, to my younger self and say thank you for doing that because I love absolutely what I do. Why did you decide to specialize in perfectionism and helping people to overcome that trait? Uh, there are several reasons uh, for that. However, I realized the kind of clients that I was attracting and that also helped me in time to understand myself. 
that I never thought that I had been a perfectionist and that I had grown up with a perfectionist mom as well. And you start having your own insight uh, to, to, to your own story. And it really affects self-esteem, your self-esteem as well, and your, your confidence in yourself and your abilities. So I wanted to share that journey and empower uh, other women uh, as well. So that was, and it is, I can also see, perfectionism also lies underneath uh, many issues such as uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, um, general anxiety uh, disorder, uh, worry uh, mainly, um, and uh, eating problems, or even cleaning your, you know, having your house, well, neatly uh, organized, the worries about what other people think about you, uh, and so on. So social judgment, social anxiety. So it is in the basis of so many things anyway. So I thought we are just going to go all the way to the bottom of this uh, and and hit it uh, in the core rather than just dancing around um, with, you know, worry or um, OCD and social anxiety and so on. Just going all the way to the bottom of that perfectionist thinking. Eileen, please could you describe for me, in your mind, what a perfectionist is? Yes, so there are several, there are several ways, but perfectionists usually don't know they are perfectionists. Uh, several of my clients, they say, oh, I thought perfectionists were the perfect people, uh, you know, the ones that... Um, that seem to have everything in order and they're always successful, they have everything. Uh, in fact, perfectionism, it sounds positive, but it hides uh, a lot of negative impact behind that word. So the basic thing about perfectionism is when you have so high expectations of yourself that it is impossible for any human to reach constantly uh, and when you when you are not there when you don't reach them every time you doom yourself to be a failure so you're either success or you're a complete failure and you're an idiot so there's no in between and you're completely rigid about it and you doom yourself a failure all through um, lifespan when you when you are not succeeding in one thing but if you succeed in another thing you will just downplay it and say it's not a big deal anyone can do it anyone so you don't actually celebrate your successes properly either um, so that constant high expectations from yourself could be from others as well so you might be setting up high expectations um, and relentlessly uh, high expectations upon others. Or you might perceive that other people are expecting some certain standards from you. So you, you constantly make up in your mind what they would expect, you know, what your teachers would expect, what your boss would expect, what your parents would expect, uh, what your friends would expect, what your partner would expect from you. And you try to live up to that standard. 
So, uh, and that leads to a constant, constant work to try and reach those high standards. And of course, it's not humanly possible. Uh, then you start becoming frustrated, anxious. You start criticizing yourself. Um, inner critical voice is quite usual, uh, quite normal uh, with perfectionists. Um, you become overwhelmed um, as, as, as you go, uh, trying to reach up those high standards. Um, you can't let go of your worries and it just becomes too much and you lose your self-worth because your self-worth is constantly dependent on your achievements. Thank you so much for that definition and for clarifying for me. From your experience, does perfectionism go across genders or cultures or ages or social classes? Or would you say it's more in one of those than the other? It actually does go over across cultures and countries. Um, the research shows um, research shows that uh, uh, for example, procrastination is a very typical uh, behavior uh, of perfectionism, and that is uh, across the world, for example, because you worry that you're not going to do it perfectly. So you just keep going around and avoiding what you really, really need to do. Uh, so, so there are different uh, reasons, you know, we have perfectionism in different areas. Uh, so, you know, it could be with parenting, it could be with your uh, academic or, or um, professional life, it could be about your home, how immaculate it has to be, um, it could be about your look, it could be about your social performance, uh, so th there could be lots of different areas and it could be across those areas, it could show itself across the areas or you could actually be just in one or two areas um, rigidly perfectionist. Thank you so when you start with a client take me through the process the questions that you ask to help them overcome this perfectionism trait. It comes out pretty quickly we we look as soon as we have in our assessment um, we're discovering what's happening um, we usually quite quickly find out whether, um, you know, the client and I, when we say we, it's myself and the client, uh, we kind of look into those rigid mindset uh, com coming out um, very early uh, in the first session. Uh, so there is that rigidity and there is the uh, self-worth being very dependent on the achievements and the success. So often it, I will see uh, my clients uh, suffering with um, low self-esteem and very critical inner voice. Um, the way they speak to themselves uh, is, is, is quite um, critical. So, um, so the questions, the, the questions, well, I guess there are, you know, when we're exploring what's going on with the clients, we ask very similar questions, whether you're a perfectionist coach, whether, um, you know, whether uh, you are a trauma coach uh, or mindset coach. So we, we 
want to find out what's going on. And usually I just ask the client, um, for example, what does that say about you? What does that mean about you? Uh, which then brings out their limiting beliefs. Often I go for, and what else? And what else? And what's the worst thing that can happen? Uh, and often we come down to, uh, well, I'm an idiot. I will fail or I am a failure. Um, uh, so that those are those are often the limiting beliefs that come out with the perfectionists. Uh, and there is responsibility, for example, if you have OCD, perfectionism at the bottom, uh, you will get, I'm responsible, it will be my fault, uh, for example. So, uh, and people will think I'm stupid in the um, cases of, for example, social anxiety. Uh, I must make conversations and I must make clever conversations. And I must be able to entertain everybody. Uh, so then you go, and what else? Um, and what else? And what else? And you come down to what does that say about you? What kind of person couldn't be entertaining others? And they say, well, a stupid person. So, um, so you come down to that's the limiting belief that they don't want to look stupid. And then we start challenging those because those limiting beliefs, they come from often, they, they are formed in our childhood uh, and in our teenage years uh, as well. So, and they don't get upgraded <laughs> like a computer, you know, computers get upgraded, but um, the, the beliefs don't unless you actually go and speak to somebody or you start thinking, hang on a moment, is that really true? and start looking for new perspectives and new ways and, and, and challenge that limiting belief uh, and start gathering evidence against that limiting belief, um, where we then use the uh, reticular activating system uh, in our brain um, to, to gather new evidence uh, to, to prove the new belief that is more, more helpful for the client. And so what top tips have you got for coaches who have clients similar to you who strive for perfection? Yes, I, I, I would I would say ch challenging those beliefs are important. But first, uh, I, I guess the first thing is to really identify the triggers and what are the triggers doing? What kind of negative automatic thoughts uh, what kind of rules are there in, in, in have the clients uh, employed in order to avoid those limiting beliefs because they are they are not um, nice they are disturbing so the client doesn't want to feel that they employ some rules such as if then or I must so so checking what those uh, uh, rules of living are um if if i don't do everything perfectly uh then people will realize um that that i'm not good enough for example yeah so you you employ those and you say yes and yes and yes to everything so that people 
think that you're okay. They won't see your shortcomings because that's the rule you have made. Um, so check the rules of living, check the musts, the shoulds of the client, go down to the limiting beliefs and then challenge them. Uh, work on building the client's self-esteem through, uh, through um, self-compassion. You will find that many of them uh, have this inner uh, critical voice so loud uh, that they actually, um, they, they don't actually um, have any self-compassion. So encourage self-compassion and mindfulness, being in the moment. Uh, look at that cycle with beliefs and emotions, physical sensations, and the actions, what kind of outcome is coming, how, how the client can come out of this cycle, you can decide together. Um, and values. I think that that is a that is a big that's a big one. Connecting, working with the client, and connecting them to what is dear to their heart, what really matters for them. Assertive communication is another one that we work with. Um, and the how of happiness. You know, we work up. We there are there are there is a lot of research out there um, about. The, the the tips for happiness so we start working on the things that actually um proved to help people to have a more positive outlook outlook uh to life uh, such as you know journaling um and uh, noticing what you have so mindfulness and gratitude uh, uh writing etc so we look at what we have uh, and connect those with the values as well. Thank you so much. Some fabulous top tips there for us as coaches. I'm going to flip over the coin now and speak to your client, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, tell me about yourself. I am a, my main thing about myself is I'm, I'm a primary school teacher um, and I pride myself on kind of being a great teacher or didn't used to but now I I do um I live in the countryside always have done been brought up brought and raised up in England um I went to a really good school and I've got a really lovely family big family um I like doing like yoga and pilates and um being with my friends um and just being kind of in nature and going for long walks and read my book, that sort of thing. But my main thing is <laughs> I'm a teacher. That's, I'm through and through a primary school teacher. Why did you want coaching? Um, I have always been interested in um, the brain and how it works. Um, I've always been a big advocate of people um, getting any type of kind of coaching in life. But I've never... Um, thought it was not not for me but I've always said to my friends my family oh yeah I think you need to go and speak to someone I think you need to get some um support um but I've always said oh no I don't need it I'm fine um I've always always been a worrier um will worry about things that will not happen but in my head it's already happened um I've always had busy thoughts and always never been able to quieten them um but never thought that would be was an issue it's just how I always have been um and then about nine months ago I kind of got hit by a bus of anxiety um as I try and explain it um and from that I kind of realized that I'm not indestructible and I do actually need to get some support um and from that 
did um but yeah it was it's it was more because my body kind of told me that I couldn't carry on the way I was um I think if my body had never kind of had that anxiety I probably would still just be carrying on in the same way I have been um but yeah all of a sudden one day I woke up and I couldn't function normally anymore um which is why I reached out in the first place but um now I have I can completely understand why I probably should have done it a long long time ago and why did you choose Ireland to be your coach um the process of choosing was really um was quite overwhelming actually um I got given a long list of names and people and um didn't really understand a lot of the kind of um jargon of it um but this may sound really silly but I just saw Aileen's face and I thought you just look a really smiley personable person and I think that is something that a lot of people go for is just feeling a connection to somebody um I then did a lot more research and um went on her website and just really kind of connected to a lot of the things that she was saying about mindfulness and um kind of eye movements and different things that I thought actually that is things that I think I would be able to connect with and I think a lot of people that I've spoken to that have had different coaching have said you've got to connect with the person that is coaching you and if you don't it doesn't really work um, and I just remember um, sending her a message and her ringing me and we chatted we chatted for about half an hour and I felt so important and I think that was then like yeah okay she's a person for me I felt important and I um, just went from there. That's, that's a great testimony for Eileen. Can you give me an example of something you have applied through your coaching into your day-to-day life? So many things. Um, I think the main thing is I've just learnt a lot about myself um, and learnt different quotes or different things that Aileen has said that I've now, every, every day throughout the day, I just stop and think, okay, that's me feeding the wolf you need to stop feeling the wolf or that's different things I'm doing. And I think, okay, I've just noticed. I think that's my main thing I've, I'm doing now is I'm noticing what I'm doing, not um, noticing negative habits I'm getting into, or if I'm having a busier day at work and I haven't taken time just to sit and breathe. And then I think, okay, there you are. You're putting something else ahead of your kind of mental health. You need to stop. Um, so it's just noticing different things that I'm doing or rushing around or thinking of the shoulds I, that I should be doing um, and sitting there thinking, OK, there's a should. You need to stop doing that. You could do that. Um, so I'm do- I would say noticing, noticing things throughout the day um, that I would just normally have a negative kind of habits constantly of the things that I'm doing. Whereas now I've noticed that actually they're the things that have got me into not a very good mental kind of place um and noticing and stopping and reacting from that and how has that positively affected some of the things that you know we were talking about earlier you know the stress the anxiety um the overwhelm oh um, massively I think it's just when people talk to me about it I just say my brain is quieter um and I think that's just a brilliant kind of explanation of it all which I'm just my brain is quieter I used to just constantly have thoughts running through my head I should have done that I should have done this within and I remember talking to people often and saying what is that not normal is that not what's happening in your brain um 
and people being like no that's not what's happening um and now I kind of understand okay well this makes sense that I did get in such a um I don't want to say state but into a let's say state into a bit of a state um and now I'm like okay that actually this all makes sense now my final question for you today is based on your coaching experience what would you say to other coaches so they can improve the way that they work with their clients I think getting to know them inside out I feel like um before we got to the point where um strategies got put into place into how to support me I feel like Aileen knew me um in all my feelings and everything in every situation um and anything that I would say um got noticed I was I felt I was listened to constantly so I think just listening to your client and understanding where they're coming from and I mean I guess it's a given I would suggest would think but not judging anything they said would probably be a given but um I think that's really important and just listening to everything and going with it and going down the path because I think as a client I didn't go into this knowing what I wanted out of it I didn't I don't ever go into a session and think okay today I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to feel better um but just going down whatever path arises on that day um and not being too rigid with sessions and just going with it um And if it's just a chat one day, it's just a chat. Or if it's going into something deep or it's going into the past or the future um, and just going with it that day. What a great discussion. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And thank you so much, Aileen. And if you would like to work with Aileen, then she can be contacted at mindandmood.co.uk. We're confident that anyone who attains an international authority for professional coaching and mentoring accreditation will be amongst the very best that the profession has to offer. So if you're someone who's interested in having some coaching or mentoring and want to find an accredited coach, mentor or training provider, or if you're a professional who's interested in becoming accredited, then please go to our website, coach-accreditation.services. And finally, if there's a topic that you would like me to cover on future episodes of Both Sides of the Coin, then I would love to hear from you. My email, jenny.podcast at coach-accreditation.services. Bye for now.